0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Blackhawk Up podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Jimmy Lynch and Patrick McGann.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Black Hawk Up Podcast. I am Jimmy Lynch alongside Patrick McGann. Patrick, it's great to be back with you.
0: Great to be back. It's been a long time since we've talked over a week. Um, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. We are college students; midterms happen, all that sort of thing. Um, but actual hockey has been played since we last
1: talked. So that's a fact. And another fact is the fact that you had a birthday while we were <laughs> off uh, off the air here. So congratulations to you and happy birthday. Thank
0: you. Yes. Uh, I was very blessed to have another year of life. And uh, yeah, appreciate that. Thank you very much.
1: Entering your uh, your golden years of hockey here, this would be like your prime, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's kind of hurts you say that because, you know, I should be in the NHL based on my days in youth hockey. But, uh, you know, it, but, but in, all, in all honesty, it is kind of crazy to think that there are people are younger than us and our age that are now going to be like, in their prime
1: in the NHL. So, yeah, I mean, we're definitely giving away that we're more on the younger side of just like twenties and young twenties. And it is really weird seeing players that are older than you or excuse me, younger than you in the league.
0: Now, now it's like you enter that territory where it's like, I would feel really weird wearing a Jersey of someone younger than me.
1: No, Uh, I agree. I, I don't know where I read it one time, but it said basically, you can you can wear jerseys to games, but just how about you get the jerseys of people that are older than you for yeah, the most part? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: um, I, I don't think I'll ever wear, you know, any other jersey than like a Kane or Taze or Keith or you know, any other jersey than that. If I'm a Blackhawks fan, you know, I well, this I is can't see myself doing it.
1: This is an interesting question though. But if you if you weren't you and you were just a Blackhawks fan that doesn't really care about that. Which jersey would you buy right now? Like, which player do you think is going to be here for a while and that you're going to keep, get a jersey for them?
0: And I can't get like Kane or Taze or anyone like that. Well, yeah.
1: you already have that jersey. Right, right. Come on. Okay. You know,
0: true, true, true. Most fans that do have that. I don't know. Like, uh, that's a good question. I think I would go with the cat. Yeah. That, I mean, the I think that's the I obvious mean, answer. That I, don't, I wouldn't go with Doc. I'd go with the Brinkette more than anyone else. Um, to brink
1: at her. I mean, Seth Jones is signed the longest. I Seth guess you can go there, Rob. Yeah, that's, that's, that'd be a good one, too. Um, um, Flurry would be interesting, but also... I feel like it'd be cool I, on a Fleury Hawks jersey, though. <laughs> it's it, But it's just like one year is the only guarantee here. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, but it's still cool um, that he played here. I mean, hey, exactly. that's when you can
0: bust out the Marty Turco jersey if, if you're one of those lucky Blackhawks fans that owns one of those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a definite flashback right there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or Cam Ward, you know, that's yeah, not, not even that far of a flashback. That was pretty recent.
1: <laughs> hey, so. Chris, Wall Hewitt, the, yep. the greatest.
0: Yeah. The greatest. I have his autograph somewhere in my room at home in Chicago. I think that could probably go for some serious cash.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, yeah. Yes. So you mentioned it since we've been last on. there's been some games, a it's lot of games, been actually today. preseason. Yeah. It's been here. There's let's go, uh, Get after the it. only the only real overreaction I have from the preseason is the Blackhawks should not have gave up Brennan Perlini because he leading. is scoring, leading the league in goals throughout the preseason so far. Yeah, um, with five in his first five games of the preseason. Come on now, I mean he's got to get the MVP of the preseason. MVP of the preseason. I mean, we were talking a little bit before the show started here, but is is the heart out of the question for him? Do you think? You know, looking at his
0: preseason stats, you know, he's, he's poised for a good year. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I, if he makes the team. Know. You never uh, know.
1: Up in Edmonton. That's
0: Yeah, he's out with your uh, oil on white boys up there in uh, Edmonton. Yep. Uh,
1: always and good I mean, talking we, about the Oilers. We,
0: we, can, we can just also talk about the current standings and the preseason. The Arizona Coyotes just running away with the central division uh, <laughs> of the preseason right now. They got three wins, one loss as of uh, October 5th at 8 o'clock Eastern time. So that's the, that's the most updated standings I've found uh, on the New Jersey Devils website. But, uh, yeah, they're just running away with it. I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean it's...
0: You, you, you picked a bad time to leave Holland
1: Hockey Gym. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? This was actually big news in the hockey world. I'd argue probably the biggest um, we all saw it, we've all heard about it. So we are kind of, we're late on the trend to talk about it, but the Arizona coyotes are getting a little bit more lenient with their dress code going yep. to games this year.
0: Yeah. I remember I sent that link to you a good, nice ESPN article. You know, I, I got the notification from, from ESPN. I don't know why you
1: immediately sent it to me. And I was like, we're talking about this. Yeah, I don't I mean, care. It, it, it,
0: it was, uh, it was very informative. Cause it's like, yeah, when you think about, yeah, like the NHL players are like the only players that show up like spiffed up in their suits, you know. Yeah, and in other leagues, it's like these guys are showing up in their like Gucci stuff and their Supreme stuff. We're in the most ridiculous things you can find, borderline costumes, and like the NHL players look at to express themselves. And uh,
1: there is there's something to be said about that. Like the players are kind of like, I, I think there's something to be said on that, and I also think there is an opportunity here. If you want to – obviously, there's a dress code type of thing. Players have to kind of, you know, wear a suit to a game. It is it is a classy-ish type of thing to do. It, um, before we also start
0: on what you are going to say, just a quick thing. Did you know it's actually part of the CBA? Yeah. That's, I did not know that. That's crazy that they go as far as
1: dress code for the CBA. I mean, hockey's always kind of been that way with, like, yeah. back a while ago. It's like, all right, you're going to do an interview after the game, and you're going to wear – a hat with the logo on it. You're gonna right. do all these different things. That all used to be a part of it. So True. some things have gotten a little bit more lenient, and I think there's an opportunity to take something into a different direction here. What if you had theme nights going to the game where players, you know, pajama day?
0: Yeah, know. that's um, that's what that's what they do. Like MLB teams do that, you know. Like I mean, I remember <laughs> the Cubs did that at one point. Like, like do that. I don't know if it makes the players comfortable, more comfortable, just do it. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I kind of like showing up to the rink spiffed up in my iced out suit, you know, like that. I can get myself a nice little lineup of suits, you know, like if I fight (laughs) for the Blackhawks, I get myself a red suit, like a nice, like darker red suit, you know, and then get myself a nice gray suit then a pinstripe suit, you know, like have fun with the suits. I'm all for dressing up. But then again, if the players are more comfortable not doing that, then like you got to do what they're more comfortable
1: with. I think there's, there's just an opportunity of like some players want to, express themselves and wear a little bit more fashionable clothes. Like Austin Matthews always would wear those cool hats and they're just missing out on an opportunity for the players to give a little bit more personality. Um, Right.
0: And, and you're, I mean, Jim, you talk about it all the time. I mean, maybe not on this podcast as much, but just in personal conversations we have, you're like, like the NHL is the league that markets their players the least out of all of the professional sports leagues out of major league baseball, NBA, NFL, I mean, you could argue the NBA probably does it the best and the NFL and MLB and then NHL dead last. I mean, they, they, they really do nothing.
1: Those players. I'd have to huge. argue that the MLB and NHL are kind of on a similar level with that.
0: I, I don't know. I I'd have to disagree a little bit. Cause you got guys like Tim Anderson, guys who are like really, really loud about being like changing the game, true. you know, true. like, you know, the, the new generation. And like, you, you have that with Austin Matthews. It's like, Oh, like, the, like they, I remember, EA Sports did a play on it, on NHL like 19 or 20 or something. It's like, oh, the kids are here to stay or something like that. And it's like, let, let, let's dive deeper into that. Let's let's get that going throughout the whole league. Let's get these guys' personalities going instead of. I, I remember you always you'd always uh it'd always be funny when you do like, you know, what do you see in a hockey player? that come after, out oh, after the game, you know, and, and it's sweaty or whatever, and they're like, yeah, you know, just gotta get pucks in deep.
1: Just gotta get pucks in deep. You know, we <laughs> didn't play our game tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, just got to skate with them, you know? Got to – just didn't play our, ho- play our hockey game tonight. It just wasn't uh, – are you upset about the game? No, it's all right. Well, we actually – like, I also – every time they'll, like, lose by six and they'll be like, you know what, I think there are a lot of positives out there on the ice tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they just have those cliches lined up and
0: – that That's um, just hockey for you, yeah. There's just yeah. – you know, because even the guys like – like a guy like Austin Matthews or like Connor McDavid – right? Like those are guys who are the kids who are like comparable to the Tim Anderson's, the Fernando Tatises of Major League Baseball and those guys, I mean, in Major League Baseball, you see those guys have personalities. Then like Conor McDavid and Austin Matthews, very like polished and just like, yeah, you know, especially Conor McDavid. I mean, that guy. I, just I like will no say, personality at all.
1: <laughs> he definitely has voiced his opinion on things a little bit more this year, especially. Um, true, but true. That, that's just been more about like issues with refs calling calls one game and then not doing it the next game. Um, but I definitely think there's an opportunity to grow and change when it comes to giving a little bit more personality and who right. knows, maybe this change to ESPN and TNT, maybe that can grow that a little bit new network, maybe a new kind of like broadcast presentation, stuff yeah, like that.
0: Right. Right. And like ESPN's like kind of trendy, right? Like you got even like right. a Smith, you know, like that's where everyone goes for their NBA and NFL fixes. So like maybe, you're right. That's a good point. Maybe maybe ESPN can maybe try and make hockey more of a trendy thing again with their, you know, being on their networks and, and such. Um, yeah, I mean that that's a really good point you bring up. That that could happen. You very, very much could happen. I'd be interested to see um how you know hockey and ESPN moves forward. And maybe while well, we're on that topic, how about uh, the uh the NHL on TNT?
1: I mean, did you did you catch that little bit of the first broadcast?
0: I, I, not the very first broadcast, but I was watching the game between the Canucks. No, no, between the Kings and the Golden Knights that was being played in Salt Lake City that I had no Mm -hmm. idea about. And I was kind of ticked that I couldn't go to that game because if I would have known about it, I would have gone. But I was, it was on, that game was on TNT and I was, it
1: seemed pretty nice. I I do have to say it was kind of funny because I was watching one of those first games. I think it was the first game. And I tweeted out like, this presentation is great. I'm really yeah. liking it. It's a yeah, little something new. Tweet. Yeah. Pretty much right after I tweeted that, um, you started to get some of those like learning curve mistake type of things. Like the game started to cut out a little bit. The broadcast got super glitchy, and it was funny because even the the, the different people working there, they're like, "Oh, you know, it's it's preseason for everyone right now, and it's like, they're <laughs> giving those like gimmicky type of things." And it is interesting because the TMT broadcast, especially. They have a lot of the guys from NBC there. They do, um,
0: they do. Like the the uh, especially the on air talent. I mean, it yeah. sounds the same because it's the same people.
1: Yeah, you got. I mean, Eddie Olchek's there, right? Um,
0: it's pretty, pretty much your NBC crew. Just said, all right, we're going to go where the hockey's going, and they
1: went with TNT. Liam McHugh, he's I think he's their host, and I do like I, I like all those guys. So I'm happy yeah, that yeah, for sure they got to continue doing that. ESPN though, I think I'm really excited to watch a game on that on the, that network too
0: on ESPN. Yeah. I'm very excited for their presentation. They're bringing back the good old uh, ESPN hockey jingle, which is like one of the greatest of all time. I mean, the NBC one was pretty sick, but if, I mean, folks, if you don't, I mean, this was before me and Jimmy's time kind of, but I mean, we heard it during the world cup of hockey. That's like when I heard it and learned more about it, but uh, just look up uh, NHL on ESPN like, uh, theme. And it's like, it's pretty awesome. Like they're bringing it back. They made the whole, when ESPN first signed the rights to the NHL, uh, not too long ago, they were like, yep, we're bringing back the jingle. And everyone was like, hell yeah. yeah." Like let's go. That's thick. Like, that's awesome. So I'm looking forward. Yeah. I'm super looking forward to, uh, games on ESPN. That's going to be cool. You know, obviously, um, they haven't been too good to hockey since before signing that deal. Uh, but hopefully that changes. And I'm, I'm excited to see like guys like uh, Barry Melrose get more like appreciation because, you know, they're back on ESPN. Um, what's the other guy's name? He does more college hockey. Bucci Gross, that guy. Yeah. Um, like those guys who like the hockey guys, the ESPN that got little to no airtime. And I'm excited for them to like actually be a part of an on-air broadcast.
1: Well, plus, and I'm not, I, I'm not going to name everyone here because I, I can't name off the top of my head, but Wayne Gretzky's participating. Mark yeah. Messier. Yeah, um,
0: that's pretty sweet. You yeah, got all those guys. Yeah, like the yeah. like Gretzky and Messier. That was that was big time. I was like John Tortorella. Like, yeah, that was awesome yeah.
1: too. I love Act John that. Tortorella. I'm happy about CPV. that.
0: TV. He's he's gonna be on ESPN until the Hawks hire him.
1: <laughs> Hawks or <are, laughs> I don't know Colorado. There's a couple different teams that are options for him, but. Hawks. Uh I mean,
0: I'd love it if the Hawks hired that guy. I would love it. We talked about
1: it. I think, I think we talked about it in the last, we've talked about that maybe every episode, but I'm okay. Mentioning it again. Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah. But he's, he's just, he knows that he's, he's, you know, he's going to just makes, you know, bring home the bacon from ESPN until Chicago gives him a call.
1: And I mean, I know this is a a fan-sided Blackhawk up podcast and we we don't have any sponsors with ESPN, but I do also have to add, if you're in the U S and you want to watch, out-of-market games we were talking about it before the show started but espn plus is going to be awesome this year
0: yep it's uh that's that is taking over nhl tv if i'm not yeah. mistaken I'm it's the home good. of all out-of-market games yeah. so like if it where you would have bought nhl tv in seasons past you would buy espn plus now and um yeah it's, it's set to be pretty nice you can watch you know as long as uh you're out of their mark out of your team's market so like for example in chicago you wouldn't be able to watch the blackhawks but you'd be able to watch pretty much every other team um Mm -hmm. and just watch hockey all the time and it's uh it'll be a nice tool to you know keep yourself updated on any team you want to watch or you know if if those of you who are lucky enough to be on the east coast you can stay up for those late night games for me when i'm doing homework late night I'm i'm in the mountain time zone so those games will be done early
1: the only issue is when when the NHL moves that team up to Milwaukee, we might have an issue catching those games in
0: Chicago. Yeah, you know that w- that might be an issue, but I'm I'm okay with that as long as, long <laughs> as we can bring we can put hockey where it belongs. So, I mean, I, again, in the desert. Come on. Although I, I, I gotta I gotta you know check myself because they are leading uh, the central division in standings in the preseason right now. So I, uh, going out on top going out on top, right? They're, they're poised. Arizona's poised for a breakout year.
1: Anyway. So let's, let's move on and talk about some of those games from the past week. Um, let's start it off with Jonathan taste.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that if there is one takeaway from any of those games that I've watched, yeah, it's Jonathan Taze. I mean, he looks like a new, like his young, his young self. Like he, I mean, like the explosiveness, the like, not necessarily the work ethic, but just like, getting in getting in those like gritty plays fighting yeah. for the puck like every time I'd watch him going for a 50-50 puck he'd win it every time and it's like this isn't the Jonathan Taze we've seen in you know the last couple of years like this guy he's he's like he's excited and he's hyped to be back it was really refreshing seeing him out there and play obviously
1: the the feet aren't really behind him yet he's still maybe not the fastest he was before right. but he was never really the fastest guy in the ice no no he, i mean um, he's not
0: he's not you know speed isn't his
1: thing but but his, but his first game back he played like 22 minutes. Right, like And then during the uh overtime he played like 2 minutes. That's He's old now. For, that's a lot for him. <laughs> well, no, for a player coming off such a major injury and like yeah. we don't know what he's going to what it's going to be like. That's amazing. That is just amazing to see him do that and yeah. he's winning faceoffs which that's honestly why they need him the most right now is to get those faceoff wins. It's it's great to see him on the ice and I was texting gosh, I don't know if it was you or someone else, but I was just texting saying like, I'm, it's not getting old seeing Jonathan Tays on the ice. I'm still just as excited as I was that first preseason game right now. And I feel like I'm just going to be that excited seeing him on the ice throughout the entire year. It's great to have him back. And it's just, it's such a, for such a horrible story to begin with and such a, you know, nightmare situation. I'm happy that he's doing well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all, all we ever want for that guy is just happiness and success and, if that came for him in retirement because of that injury, or if that came for him playing more, we would have wished him the best, no matter what. I mean, that guy, we're indebted, him. this whole city, of Chicago, is. And uh, just seeing him back doing what he loves, with you know the players on this team and, and leading, leading the Blackhawks and wearing the C again on the ice, like really refreshing to see that. Um, it's like again, like me, I wasn't used to seeing it. It's been so long, like watching Blackhawks games without seeing 19 in red on the ice. Like, and seeing, like, the way, you know, you could tell who Jonathan Taze is by the way he skates. You don't have to see his jersey number. And just, like, seeing him out there was just, like, fantastic. And it was great hearing his name called out by Pat Foley and Edzo. And just, like, him being out there and being back, it's just, it's good for the organization. It's good for hockey. And it's just, it's really good to see all the fans are excited. I mean, he's excited. Um, Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, dude, I wouldn't be the least surprised if he has a breakout year. Not a career year, but a breakout year. Like have a have himself a good year. Put up, you know, 2025 20, goals for himself.
1: I definitely think like 60 points would be a really, really good year for him. Yeah, I um, agree with you. I agree with you. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, especially with the fact that you have one line with Kane, Tyler Johnson, and DeBrinket, and then you have a third line with Doc on it. Yeah. There's so much good talent in that top nine that, you know, maybe a team looks at that Taze line and then they don't play their top defensive players against them. And that just opens things up for Taze and right. um, Kubelik and whoever they play with them because whoever's been playing with them has been playing super well. I definitely think there are some positives there. I
0: do. I think that as well. Like, again, like you said, it opens up a lot of different possibilities matchup-wise when you play some teams, you know, in in the league, in your division too, and key matchups for the Blackhawks, especially because this is going to be a team that's not necessarily a fringe playoff team, but, you know, I guess that French playoff team, just like a team that's going to be needing some big wins down the stretch and um, matchup wise, like keeping Taze out there and and seeing what he brings to the table On we know what line he'll be on that second line. Like that'll be huge down, down the stretch.
1: I agree. And you know what, Pat? It's been a couple, a, a little bit too long since we've done a podcast. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back talking about the goaltending and the defense. All right, we are back. Now we're going to talk about the defense, switch it up from Jonathan Tays in the offense. And now let's talk about the blue line. Um, some unfortunate news came out the other day. Wyatt Kalianuk is going to miss a couple weeks now with a injury. So that just kind of means that some other defensemen are going to really have to step up on the blue line. And it's unfortunate because that is going to reach into a couple games of the regular season. Pat, do you have any like initial takes on that?
0: Um, not not too much. I mean, yeah, he brought some stuff to the table. Obviously, he's gonna be he's gonna be. Uh, and you know, you would think the the nightly lineup as we as we get further into the year, but um, I, I think like obviously the huge takeaway from the preseason so far from the defense, it's just been nice seeing Seth Jones out there as well.
1: Yeah, it really has been great seeing Seth Jones and even Jake McCabe too. But honestly, what oh, what yeah. really hurts yeah. for Kellynuk was he had a really good like basically quote unquote audition with the Blackhawks last year during his limited time after signing a contract. Um, And he really kind of, in my opinion, he cemented himself as like one of those options as a young offensive defenseman for the team, you know, someone that can maybe take on the second power play unit behind Seth Jones. Right. Right. And it's going to be, it's definitely going to be hard for the team to even play a week or so without him because yes, they do have other options, but I think it kind of limits the offensive potential.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and like, I, I mean, in the games I've watched the Hawks haven't looked that bad in the power play, right? Like they had a yeah. team, the unit like has looked pretty decent. Like the puck movement was there. And, you know, when you have, like you said, you can put them on that second special teams line when the Hawks have the man advantage and you're going to lose that depth going forward. I mean, obviously it's not going to be for the whole season, but still you do lose that for the first couple of weeks of the season. And, um you know, obviously we'll see, how it goes moving forward, you know, maybe Seth Jones takes over, you know, more than he has to plays some more minutes than he has to some nights. Um, but yeah, I, you know, obviously injuries never aren't a good thing, but we're lucky that it's not, you know, a season under.
1: Yeah. Well, and it also does give some other players another little bit more of a look like Ian Mitchell and Nicholas Budin, I right. think we're both destined to be sent down. And then this happens to Kelly Duck and now, you know, Mitchell might be practicing with the starters the next couple of days or even playing like, in a little like bit more see, opportunities.
0: I'd like to see more of Mitchell. I think yeah. he's got a lot of good talent, um, you know, playing. He came out of the University of Denver, really talented hockey program. And uh, I, I think uh, there's a lot of upside in him, Mitchell. Obviously, we haven't seen too much of him yet. But I think just giving him some NHL experience here and there could help him de- his, you know, his game develop a little bit more.
1: I definitely think he was thrown into the, like the oh, lion's den last year. For Sure. He was. And he was. obviously he did kind of look like a fish out of water and just didn't really perform well. And then he kind of got sent down to the miners and he, you know, he ended up playing a little bit better down there. and I think he definitely could use a confidence booster throughout the season, maybe just playing another year in Rockford and developing a little bit more, but I think he's going to be a part of the future of this team for sure. I think
0: think so too. I think, I, I honestly think he's going to be one of our better defensemen someday. I mean, that that might, I might be in a small pool of people who thinks that, but yeah, right. Like I, again, like you said, perfectly stated, he was thrown into it um, because he was needed. And um you know, as we've talked about on previous podcasts, time in the, in the AHL can benefit players. And, you know, there is such thing as calling a guy up too early, and you kind of saw that with him in seasons past. And uh, I think more development for him down in Rockford could could do him a lot of good. And I think I, – I totally agree with you. I think he can be a, uh, an integral part of the future of this team.
1: I also think this is a point that I was going to make a later, little bit later on, but I want to talk about it now because we've been talking about the blue line You know, Seth Jones has been playing with Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe is a very good defensive defenseman. And then that opens up Jones to be a little bit more offensively minded. However, one player that also has been kind of surprising me with how he's been playing so far has been Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones has been pretty good in the offensive zone. He's been pinching up playing, you know, he scored a couple goals. And I feel like, this is also just wishful thinking on my part, but I do want to see a Jones brothers line. I just, I think that'd be fun.
0: I think, I think you can see it. I mean, Colton's we wouldn't put it past him to do that on any given night, but um, I, I think that would be pretty cool to see. I mean, obviously you, you bring in Caleb Jones and uh, you know, you have the Jones brothers and yeah. uh, you know, why not give it a
1: shot? Well, the Blackhawks didn't trade for Caleb Jones just to get rid of Duncan Keith and just to like get Seth Jones brother. They like Caleb Jones. Caleb Jones is a good hockey player. Right. And he's someone that can be a part of this team in the future. The only reason why like we haven't really been talking about him as much is because the Blackhawks have a ton of defensemen on the blue line, a ton, the same way they have a ton of NHL ready guys on the forward groups. They have the similar problem on the defense. And that's why he was kind of just thrown in the middle of the pack there.
0: Right. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we could see that eventually. Obviously, I don't think, you know, if it works out as a regular thing, that would be really cool. But his, his progress so far has been definitely notely, noteworthy to see. It's, you know, I don't, think, I don't think Blackhawks fans were expecting to see, like, that much from Caleb Jones so soon. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it just makes sense to, like, have a defensive shutdown line with Murphy and McCabe and then while you're at it on the other side maybe give Seth and Caleb Jones a look for a couple games just like it just honestly just to help like with the brother narrative and give them an yeah. extra opportunity to play it uh, could be interesting yeah.
0: the next uh, Sedine brothers maybe you never know
1: very true i don't like that reference just because vancouver but you know you, hey
0: man you to- vancouver is a beautiful city enough said <laughs> and they're on the uprise too and I've talked about it before but I believe in that team but that's a conversation for a different day <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you see I think it was at Patterson had a tweet the other day and it just said three more years with like a video and obviously he was talking about like his he, contract. he's on a contract yeah contract yeah but just it just said three more years and it was a video of like the city of vancouver and i just kept reading the comments and people were like three more years of what like is this a threat <laughs> like what are you talking about It was just really funny to see gosh yeah. twitter twitter can be very frustrating sometimes but it also and is very funny, funny.
0: And, yeah i give you a nice laugh sometimes yeah that uh i didn't see that but but that's that's big news that he, that it was it him and Bo Horvat that got that contract or who who was it it was uh Quinn Hughes to, Quinn Hughes yeah no Bo, Bo Horvat's already signed yeah that was that that was big time they that that was uh that was that's pretty big news out of Vancouver
1: I mean they they signed their two stars I think both around like in the seven million dollar mark right
0: yeah mm-hmm. um I think wasn't wasn't one of them close to yeah. Like seven mil a year for three years, like 21 in yeah. total. Yeah. that's what I thought I remember seeing
1: it's obviously that just kind of shows what the Blackhawks are probably going to have to worry about in a few years. Once you have like, uh, I don't think, um, excuse me. I don't think Kirby doc's next contract is going to be something that high, but it shouldn't be, but <laughs> no, it's not going to, but <laughs> you know, like maybe after another bridge deal, something like that could be a number you have to look at and, I mean, obviously, Alex Brinkett, I think, is the next player on this team to be making more than nine or ten million. Right, right. And I mean, that that's. I think he, he's right now
0: one of the only guys you're looking at that like that next contract's going to be, you know, big time payday.
1: Well, let me ask you this then. So after the 2022-23 season, Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane's. million deals that they signed years and years and years and years and years years ago is going to be up off the books. What what, like, obviously assuming both of them are still playing competitive hockey and are still playing at a high level. What do you re-sign them for at that time? After they've obviously won two Stanley cups,
0: right? Three Stanley cups, but
1: uh, two, it's just this year and next year. Wait, are you, you're talking about candidates. No, say- yeah, I'm saying after they win two more Stanley Oh, oh this year I, see. And next I didn't get the joke. <laughs> wow, that's Sorry. embarrassing.
0: that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, after they become five-time Stanley Cup champions, but um, to, to be realistic, um, that that's a good conversation to have because you're not signing them to that to that you know.
1: They shouldn't be getting that later. top dollar anymore.
0: No, they shouldn't, and obviously they're they deserve it for what they've done, but they've already made that money. Right. They already got paid for what they did. And when you look at what their, their current output is right now, I, I think, I think Kane can go for something similar. Like maybe like, cause, cause Kane's still good. Like Kane's can still produce points. Like he's a point making machine. And I think he can get Kane. Like, I think Kane would be deserving of like a six mil a year, seven mil, like a, very similar to like what Elias Patterson just signed, I think, in my opinion. Like, that wasn't a huge deal like we've seen, but maybe like six or seven mil for like three years out of Kane.
1: Taze, I mean, you do also have to note though, like, so Alex Ovechkin is how old right now? He's 36, and he signed for 9.5 million on a five year contract that he just got. See that? So, I definitely think if yeah. If the Blackhawks are going to be competitive, they're going to have to talk to Kane and Tays and be like, "Listen,
0: hometown discount, homies."
1: Yes, yeah, no. If if there's no hometown, if if they're still chasing money, then there's an argument to be made of just saying like, "Let us know if you're chasing money, and we'll trade you." Because that that can't that they just right. don't have the money to do that. Right. They need they have guys on this team. Seth Jones is making nine point five million um, Alex Debrincat is going to be asking for that kind of money. You have guys on this team that need to get paid and you just can't keep having guys making nine to 10 million.
0: Right. And it comes down to like, okay, Tays have made money in their career. They've made good money in their career. Yeah. And when they, you know, like you, like you sit them down and you're like, Hey, if you're chasing money, we'll find a new place for you. But at the same time, you already know, both of them are going to be like, they, they're at the point in their career where they're older now and they don't want to like, they, they, like, obviously they want that money, but at the same time, like relocating, like Kane's got a kid now. Right. And it's like relocating isn't always the easiest thing for a player to do, especially when you get older, when it's young, it's easier to do.
1: I do understand that notion of like, this is their city and this is where they want to be. But I also feel like, especially with Kane too, he's still that top athlete. He is. And I don't I don't see him turning around and being like, yeah, fine, I'll play for six. I'll play for five. I don't know, man. I, I, kid, I, I, I understand that, but I just feel like if pick, picture yourself in your in their shoes. I understand they have a kid, they have families, they've been here this their entire career. <laughs> but you're not gonna tell me that that extra five million isn't something that is going to maybe procure you to do something I, else. I agree with you. Like yes, if yes. you're, if
0: you're Patrick Kane, you're sitting there, you're like, damn, like I can go make like a lot of money playing in Buffalo.
1: Oh, like, Buffalo is hometown too. Like, right. Right. I, so get, like I definitely like think this is a little bit more of a difficult situation than it really might appear. Right. And, uh,
0: you know, obviously the Blackhawks, like we were saying, can't afford to let them, To, you know, give them like an Alex Ovechkin type thing per player. But at the same time, oh, my goodness. Talk about rip my heart out if they go like, oh, I don't want to think about it.
1: (laughs) I think it just goes down to that like last dance type of narrative that the the Bulls documentary had. Where you're going to tell me that they wouldn't sign like a contract, stay in the city and chase another championship. I just think though they both seem like guys that they're still on this team. Kane didn't asked for a trade during those bad years the past couple of seasons. He yeah. he stuck it out. You know? Same could be said with Taze. So wait, so you were just telling me that Kane and Tate leave hey, and now you're like wait, you should stay. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just talking about all the sides here, Pat. That, was, that was uh, I don't I really don't know which one to believe here. I It's it's a I, tough I think, situation.
0: I honestly think at the end of the day, I think they would say, I really do think they would say, that's not me having wishful thinking. That's me saying like, okay, like these guys are older now. Right. And they can go like go, they can go make that money on another team. But at the same time, like I think Chicago has really been home to them. Like we've talked about before, like Kane, he's like stayed in Chicago. Like, you know, he spends his summers here or whatever. Like Chicago is now like literally home for him and barring anything like Buffalo being like, hey, man, like, here's a lot of money to come play in your hometown. Like, I could see Kane doing that very easily, but, like, I, I really think that they would stay in Chicago. I really do think they would. I, I think they are the type of players that would really want their legacy to be finished out in the same jersey the entire time. I think they're okay. players like
1: that. Two questions, then. First one, so Kane comes in and says, fine, $10 million. Do you sign him or do you say, we – are looking forward it to the on the ice? It kind of
0: depends on what Taze asked for, too, then. Because it's like, no, that
1: was my second question. Are you giving, like, they've had matching contracts their entire career. Right, right. They're right, not right. matching contracts anymore. No, they no, they right. should Exactly.
0: Like, Kane totally deserves more than Taze does. And,
1: and I mean, Taze is still one of the best players on the ice, and he is still the leader of this team. But that being said, you just, you can't give him that money next contract.
0: It, it kind of depends. It really just depends on how Kane plays these next couple of years. If Kane continues to do what he's done, like prove the doubters wrong, then he's, then he's poised to like, then he can be like, yeah, I want 10. Like, give me 10 yeah. for sure. And if, like the Blackhawks do if he, it,
1: but they'd be, they'd be a better team off with Kane, but they'd also then be like, that's money that you could turn around and sign a, another player. Yeah. Obviously right. you're so, taking, you're taking Kane. But that is money that you could have used elsewhere.
0: Right. It's, yeah, it just comes down to, like, is Kane ever going to start regressing? And, like, Father Time has, you know, something to say about that. He will. Yager Yager
1: is still playing professional hockey.
0: (laughs) True. (laughs) But I I think, like, at at the end of the day, like, if he goes out and does what he's been doing, kane can make himself a nice contract taze at the other hand like again these are two players you never want to see go and you could have said the same about keith you know and it's we're getting towards the end of that We're, we're getting towards the time in their careers where it's like there's a very strong possibility that they won't finish their careers out here because of the way money and logistics works we've seen that with keith already um and just like keep being like, yeah, like I like it here. This is the you know, Chicago, whatever, but like again, I have a kid. See, like that that's what I'm trying to say. Like, family too has big tie-ins to it, where it's like, you know, you you have you have a child, you have a family, you, you're settled down in one spot and like you don't want to, you know, force your your spouse and your your children and to to keep moving about. I mean, that's- there's something to be said about that. There really is. There, is.
1: there is something to be said about that, and I think it it could go both ways there too, because, you know, maybe Kane says I want to play in Buffalo and be closer to, you know, I, I want to I mean, help make that team successful.
0: Folks, like um, I, I, I like, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. He he does something like Duncan Keith does and be like, I want to. But go to be home. fair,
1: I also wouldn't be surprised if the flip of that happens, where he's like, like oh. Same, you know same what I mean? Thing. Like, same thing. Same, same with Tays. Yeah. with like it can Winnipeg. go either
0: way very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I don't see Kane being like, all right, I want out. I want to go to Vancouver. I want to go to Colorado. I want to go to Washington. I don't, I don't see him like having like a set destination. I would see him saying, I want to stay in Chicago or I want to go home. Yeah. yeah. And I think and- the, the, the reason – see, the reason Keith went home is because of, the, you know, his situation with his spouse where his, his kid was in Penticton, British Columbia. So he yeah. wanted to be closer to his kid, Kane and his wife, or I'm not sure if, it, if it's her, maybe his girlfriend, girlfriend. Either, yeah. either way. Um, uh, like Kane, like they're here right now. Right. And it's like, he doesn't have to move to be with them. They're with him at the moment. And they would ha- he'd be forcing them to uproot what they've got going and go somewhere else. Like Kane would be going back to Buffalo for his like extended family.
1: One, well, it's just a matter of, you know, I never would have thought we would see Joel Quinville on a different team. True. I never would have thought we would see Duncan Keith or even Brent Seabrook's contract in Tampa Bay. Right. And then once Tampa Bay's in the postseason, Brent Seabrook's playing. That's I'm looking forward. To it. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But I I definitely think it's uh, anything can happen with them. And I think in an ideal situation, we would see them re-sign for you know, less money, still get still get money, but a little bit less money that could then be used to bring in some more depth, which at the end of the day, that's what, that's what they kind of need to do
0: at the end of the day too. It's like, okay, maybe I take that discount for someone else. Like, yeah, I want to still win another championship here. Use the money that you're saving here and let's go out and do something special, man. Like, let's go get someone. Like, you know, something like yeah, that sort of thing. Exactly. Like, I mean, they, they want to play on a team that's competitive. They don't want to die out on a team that's dying. Like, those players, they, they want
1: to be chemo teaming in. You know, they want to finish their career lifting the Stanley Cup. So, but but not chemo teaming in the sense like you're not, you don't have a big role. Like, Kane and Taze would still have big roles on whatever. Well, team, I know.
0: Yeah. I was just know? saying, like, can no, I, I get career. the reference. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's, they, they want to win the cup just as bad as the person signed the, like, the GM offering them. They like, again, it's just, they, you know, they could just be like that. Like we've kind of seen that with Jose Abreu in the white Sox. He's like, he's like, I'm staying here no matter what. Like I was here during the darkest crappiest times of this organization losing a hundred games and now we're getting good. And you want to get rid of me to get more like capital and more future stuff. No, I'm staying here. I'm being the leader of this team. And I'm, you know, I want to lead this team to a championship. Like, That's, that's gotta be their mindsets. I feel like, and if, if they really do want to go, you know, be with the Chicago, be with the Blackhawks, be with their boys, be with the city that, you know, gave them their NHL career, but you know, if they want the money, then Hey, they go get the money that it's there for them.
1: Well, let's talk about a situation on the flip side of that, where you have a start player who not only had to uproot his family once, after spending the majority of his career in one city and winning championships and being a fan favorite, he moved to a different city, had similar success. He didn't win a championship, but he, gosh darn, almost did. He made it to the Stanley Cup final, was a critical part of that team and a critical part of that city. He kind of fell in love with it and made it his home. And then all of a sudden that city and that team traded him away overnight. Yes. Yeah, and now that, and now we find that guy in the Blackhawks net and Mark andre Fleury
0: that's that's just a whole different situation though like that's just the front office being cruel because they, they i mean you, you can go out and find flurry saying like i was told i was there like yeah he was told that he was going to be there for the rest of his career and if i mean again that's just talk about being a a person of your word like he, I, he, I don't know the front office just pulled a little fast one out of him there and i like again when he was, when we were talking about, oh, is, is he going to play in Chicago or not? Like, I honestly felt for him.
1: Yeah, same, no, I, I, it, yeah 100%. Like,
0: if, if, if he didn't play, I understand it, man. Like, you, you're, you're being told that you're – I mean, he's already a legendary goaltender, Hall of Fame goaltender. And you're being told that you're going to be in this city for the rest of your career. You're like, oh, hell yeah. I'm going to go buy myself a pretty nice house. I'm going to go buy myself a nice car. Like, I'm going to settle in and make myself feel at home. And then they're like, yeah. You're in Chicago now. See ya. Like that's that's just awful. Well,
1: especially I, after his kids had like found homes there, and they yeah, like that that's just, just yeah,
0: that's just really sad. And that's that's that was really not cool, of Vegas to do that. Really not cool. But I don't see that happening. Like you know, uh, are you just trying to say like could could that? No, happen? I'm just
1: I'm just segueing over to Mark Andre Ford. Oh oh okay, um,
0: oh okay, but yeah, either way, <laughs> like that that was just cruel man like that it, that's, it was, that's not cool and it's really it. tough to
1: see and I, I you know obviously as blackhawks fans we're happy he did come around to be, yeah, like, exactly. yeah absolutely
0: but if he didn't um, I, I get it 100 I, percent get it like his kids you know at the end of the day it comes down to what is the best thing that will be for my family and for my kids and for my wife you know whatever it may be like it's it's that at the end of the day it's not hockey most of these guys once you get older like Andre and you have a family and some kids, especially like, it's one thing if you're moving with your kid, when your, your kid's a baby, but when your kids are like older, right. Yeah. yeah, And they're they're trying to make friends, you know, they're they're just trying to have a life and their dad's moving around because of stuff in hockey. And I I get it. It's a business at the end of the day, it is a business. I get it. Like that, that, that's, that's how it will always be.
1: But especially after like, after you've already, done the things that you need you wanted to do probably right you know I mean, you've he, already you've already won your stanley cups you're already going to i
0: fans. mean he just he, yes. he's coming off of vesna season and they were like all right to the blackhawks you go i feel for him and give him a lot of credit for coming to the blackhawks and i and there are fans out there who are going to be like oh he, he, no matter what he should have played or whatever it's like no come on at the end of the day give him credit for coming over here it was a big decision for him and his family to make and uh, we're very grateful he's here. And. uh Yeah, I mean, he's been pretty good for us so far, and it's going to be really – I mean, I'm just excited to see Marc-Andre Fleury, the flower, between the posts in the United Center. I mean, come on now. I mean, legendary center coming to Chicago, who's just coming off of a Vesna. So exciting to watch.
1: Obviously, it's, it's different from, like, seeing Tays playing again but it does have a little bit of a similar feeling. It does, like a Marc-Andre Fleury in a Blackhawks uniform. Like the guy, who, it's like, incredible. whenever
0: I picture this guy, I picture him in like a, a Pittsburgh Penguins Jersey, you know, right. like hoisting the Stanley cup. And now he's on like our favorite team in our hometown city. Like that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And it, it like appreciate it right now while you can just like, Appreciate Kane's greatness and appreciate Tay's greatness. You know, we're kind of already running out of time for Keith and you know, obviously Seabrook and Host is gone. But like, while well, you got it, just appreciate it. You know, these are players that are going to the Hall of Fame and they're playing here in front of your eyes in Chicago, Illinois. Like, go out there and just watch these guys play because eventually they're going to be gone and it's going to be the kids' turn. You know, it's going to be Austin Matthews' turn and Connor. And they're, of course, they're poised for great seasons, but like, you're seeing Hall of Famers right now going out there and playing at the United center
1: when I just can't imagine how much this is going to add to his legacy in a a good way. You know what I mean? Like just imagine some of the positives, like this guy's a Vesna trophy winning goalie that gets traded. You know, he's a little bit older, but he can still do a lot for this team. He comes to Chicago and yes, the Blackhawks already were projected to be a little bit better, but now you just add Marc-Andre Fleury and they just take another even bigger step. You know what I mean?
0: right you do you do take a bigger step because i like that was honestly going to be a thing next was like okay we got the blue line we're building up the offensive you know the forwards it's like well who's the goalie now and now you bring in the defending vesna
1: champion like there you go you're set i do have to hand it to the blackhawks for this one thing it's the fact that they're willing to spend the money to make the team good, if that right. makes sense. like they went out a, well, lot of, hey. a lot of teams won't spend hmm. towards the, the top of the salary cap if they don't have to. They went out a couple years ago and they said, all right, Robin Leonard's available? Yeah, we'll sign him for $6 million. Then he wrote out the team, or excuse $5 million. Then he played with us for $5 million for that season until they traded him. Then this past year, it's Marc-Andre Fleury coming over in a trade that's five and $7 million that the team didn't really need to go out and add, but they did it to try and make the team better.
0: Right. You got to give credit where credit's due. And uh, that sheet, excuse me, brings up a good point. Uh, what do you think Robin Leonard said to Flurry before he left? I mean, maybe he, you know, if there were words like saying, Hey, like. The locker room in Chicago stinks, man. I don't know. Just something funny. I don't know. Cause you know, Leonard's God. been there and Leonard, I feel like Leonard did you know, have a pretty good time. He, he wanted to stay with the Blackhawks. Right. I mean, I remember that being a thing.
1: I mean, I think if he, if he, if they didn't trade him like literally a second before the deadline ended, right, I, right? he would have been with the Blackhawks still. It's, it's such a. I, I, I don't think anything negative about the team was said.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just messing around.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but Those two guys were close. If you like see any interviews or read anything about them, um, it's such a weird situation when you have one goalie who has been the guy for the past couple years, and then you add another goalie who you know is going to be the guy moving forward. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, that was and then Crawford and Leonard kind of went through a similar thing with you have Crawford who's been the guy for forever, and then you have Robin Leonard who you know arguably is just as good, if not a better goalie, and then basically splitting
0: that 50 50. Yeah. I wonder what, like, honestly, Vegas was probably like, Hey man, like at that deadline, obviously, I mean, this is obviously how it probably went down. It was just like, Hey, like if Leonard's available, like we can get him. like, I guess we can go out and get him and make our team better. And, you know, obviously we had, we already have flurry, but I mean, Leonard's you know, obviously a little bit younger Flurry's a little bit older and Vegas made that move. And, I may make sense why they did it. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, obviously, Flurry was the one who got kind of bumped out.
1: Bumped out basically for nothing, too. Like, yes, they, they got rid of the salary, which is what they needed to do, but they didn't get any. Yeah, all they got was salary in return. You know right.
0: what I mean? Yeah. So it was that, that was a really fishy trade to me.
1: It was. It was, it was, really but weird. I guess you got to kind of. And with the Tyler the Johnson stuff. one, too. Hey, that, yes, that, I mean, that's the Blackhawks using their salary cap to their advantage. You know, the same way it yeah, happened to them yeah, in the years but, and years past. But-,
0: but like, how the heck did Tampa, like Tampa Bay get, like, I, I get like logistical reasons. You, you need like a certain amount of money or whatever, like for, for that sort of thing. Um, but still, like there was a time in Chicago, not too long ago where people were like, yeah, we want to get rid of Brent Seabrook, but we can't because, Nobody will take him.
1: Yeah, there was a time when not one. If you had told me that the Blackhawks were going to get rid of that Brent Seabrook contract, and you had said it's going to be with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and not only are you are you going to get a second round draft pack in return, you're going to get Tyler Johnson,
0: Tyler Johnson, who also is going to like. We haven't really talked about him. He's going to bring a lot to the team.
1: He is, and I have to say, I do like him on that in the line with Kane and DeBrincat, but. Honestly, if you had told me that that was the way that trade was going to go, I would have been like, what else are the Blackhawks giving Tampa Bay besides Brent Seabrook?
0: Yeah, nothing. Exactly. Like, there were some weird moves, man. There were some weird moves. And it, you know, will hopefully end up working out for the Hawks. And they interviewed Tyler Johnson on TV, uh, I think, during the Detroit game. And he was just like, yeah, like, you know, it, it was uh, it was cool. Being in Tampa Bay, winning all those championships, obviously, but I'm here in Chicago to try and win a third one in a row. And I was like, "How yeah. freaking yeah. That's like, let's go. That was awesome.
1: I think there's something to be said too of like he kind of had a a smaller role in Tampa Bay. Not not because he's not a good player, but just because Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay and had so many guys
0: that has had the heavy, the heavyweights, man.
1: And now in Chicago, you see him playing with Patrick Kane and Alex Brinkett. And this honestly might be the most excited he probably is to play hockey in a while because you're playing, you're playing not just on like a line with good players. You're playing on the top offensive line. The American line is all three of them are American and they're all a bit bit smaller. I cannot wait to watch them throughout the regular season.
0: Yeah. They'll be fun to watch for sure. And it's, I'm, I'm excited to see Tyler Johnson play for the Blackhawks. It's, been cool seeing him in a a Hawks jersey just like it's been cool seeing flurry a little bit weird though seeing him wear number 90 Uh, I feel like that's more of a goaltender number
1: I mean I I get that point I guess honestly next episode we're gonna have to just talk about jersey numbers for the year because there are a couple that I would be like I think I wish you guys could just tweak tweak this a little bit
0: yeah Uh, like I know he can't be nine like he was in Tampa obviously in Chicago but did you see the quote from yeah. Adam
1: Gaudet with his number?
0: Uh, I don't think so, or maybe so he, he's he's wearing
1: he's wearing number eleven. Um, but before in Vancouver he was eighty-eight, and I I don't want to get it wrong, but I thought he basically said something like I didn't really, I didn't ask Kane if he wanted to switch, uh, but I just think that was kind of funny because like yeah. you know you have Patrick Kane number eighty-eight Adam Gaudet <laughs> it's 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 like when uh adam andrew ladd came back to the hawks uh marcus Kruger gave up number 16 which it was like a classy move to do but yeah. marcus krueger had won two championships i don't really think he needed to do that
0: right right um, he didn't have to
1: obviously God that uh, was not going to wear it, 88 but it was that was just a funny quote that he he jokingly was talking about that
0: back to what we were saying at the very beginning of the podcast uh which is crazy but like we now are having players in the league who are going to be wearing 88 because they grew up watching Patrick Kane, you know, like we're at the age where like, if I was in the league, right. I wouldn't be 88, but like, let's just say I wanted to be. And I'd be like, Oh, like, why do you want to be 88? Like, Oh, cause Patrick Kane, like he's my favorite hockey player growing up. I want to wear 88. And Kane's like, Oh my God, I'm old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I think that probably already kind of happened with players like, Alex Brinkett and Kirby Dock and different guys like that. I, it was the Kirby Dock draft when, like, you talked to half those guys. All of them were like, oh, you know, I kind of see my game similar to Jonathan Taze. Her, because yeah, like, that's who they did grow up watching, you know, especially with the Blackhawks because they the, were winning the most, championships.
0: The most surprising thing I feel like a player like Kenny Tays Taze can hear is just, like, a player on their team that says, yeah, I grew up watching you. Like, if I was them, I'd be like, Wow. Like
1: Lucas Raquel you, said, he grew up a Blackhawks fan. That's uh, yeah. I mean,
0: hey, that's that's crazy. It's it is amazing
1: how time works.
0: <laughs> it is. It's like some some players are just like, yeah, I'm here now, and I want to play with the best in the league, obviously. And it's it's crazy for us to see and just be like, whoa, like. That guy – like, it, I mean, we're part of that, right? If we were in the league, we would say, hey, we grew up watching Kane and so.
1: Some of the best Blackhawks hockey probably ever.
0: Probably ever. I mean, barring anything unforeseen, like, that's got to be one of the greatest Blackhawks I mean, you'll ever see.
1: Obviously, Tampa Bay just won back-to-back Stanley Cups, and a couple of years before that, Pittsburgh won back-to-back Stanley Cups. I want to ask you because – Obviously, a lot of people are always like, oh, you know, back to backs are impossible to win and dynasties aren't going to happen in the modern day NHL. But arguably, we've seen some pretty good runs from teams. We've seen L.A. win two and three years. Blackhawks won three and six, which in my opinion, that's the dynasty. Pittsburgh wins back to back, but then they also win that one in 2009. And then Tampa Bay winning back to back. Now, people always say that those are like impossible to do, but it, it seems like you're seeing that more and more now. Yeah, it it's
0: uh it is weird because like you talk about the NBA and everyone complains about the NBA how they can just go form super teams, but in the NHL, like it's it's not like it's the same thing because you can't really just form a super team. But we're seeing like the same couple of teams, or we have been seeing the same couple of teams have success in the league. Yeah. Um, like Tampa Bay, they they obviously coming off back-to-back Stanley Cups, but they've been, like, scary good for a long time, since at least the Blackhawks won their last Stanley Cup. Right. And so they've been a team that's always been in the mix of it for for at least five, six, seven years now.
1: I mean, the argument also could be said, a team that we didn't even mention, Boston's been to the Stanley Cup final. Right.
0: Like Boston. Three times? Boston, um, uh, the Blackhawks, L.A., Pittsburgh, um... We're Tampa not even Bay. really
1: talking about like more, more like today teams that have been really successful too. Like there's teams that, you know, St. Louis has had some pretty decent success. Yep. Um, Nashville. Nashville. She's there's, there's just a lot of different teams that have been some of the top top teams in the league. You know what I mean? Right. For, and I would say that like yes, you have super teams in the NBA, and but that, in the NHL, it just has to show with like. Each each year, it's not like a guarantee. Like, oh, Tampa Bay, yes, they are the best team. But winning that, them winning that Atlanta, uh, last Stanley Cup, that wasn't a guarantee. Nope.
0: I mean, it's never a guarantee to win the Stanley Cup. And you, Tampa Bay Lightning or the, the the Tampa Bay Lightning. Excuse me, are the perfect example of that because the one year, I forget what year it was now, but everyone's like Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, and they get swept by the the Blue Jackets. Like it's never a guarantee any given day, any given year, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. You look at like the, the dynasties, and I would classify back to back as a dynasty. Like that, that's that. In my opinion, I would say that that's a dynasty. I would say Tampa, Tampa Bay's got a dynasty going.
1: I I don't think you can classify back to back as a dynasty. Three is a dynasty. Do
0: you think to, with the back, Hawks, did, or, what do you think is harder, to win back-to-back or do what the Hawks did?
1: With, with the Blackhawks, they were super competitive for multiple years, like for a long stretch of years, oh, six yeah, seasons.
0: obviously. Um, I'm just saying to, which one is harder to do. Harder to do as a group of players, not as a GM, because that could be interpreted two different ways.
1: No, as a, t- I, as a team, I'm saying. GM and players. It's harder to win three and six, in my opinion.
0: True. Cause I mean, that just means three Stanley cups just means you have to retool more times than you need to do for two. Yeah. That's a good,
1: that's a fair point. And when you like two is winning back to back, that's just a really good team. Like that's, that's a very, that's, it's something that doesn't happen often, but I, I don't think many people would say like two teams that have won two Stanley cups or are like a dynasty. I don't think those are really good teams and teams that definitely have some of the best players in the league. But
0: back to back, though, that's
1: back to back are hard. Impressive. Back to back is hard. It's a very impressive, impressive thing to do.
0: Yeah. Very and impressive. most
1: dynasties, I think, do include back to back. But would, you, would you say include... Pittsburgh
0: is a dynasty? Okay. Forget what I just said. Pretend that I said. Back-to-backs aren't a dynasty. Would you classify Pittsburgh as a dynasty? Those came, like, pretty far apart.
1: That's the issue. Those came a long way apart, like, a really long way But apart. with relatively the same core. Yes, the same, like, few guys, but different coach, you know. True. A different lot of those coach. guys were Different were coach is, the the good, is yes. a very good point, yeah. So, I would have to say no on Pittsburgh, but I think, obviously, like, Sidney Crosby's legacy – Includes three Stanley Cups. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like the player legacy, yeah, that's great, and Malkin and Latang and Flurry. But I, I don't think that's a dynasty right there.
0: Speaking of the Pittsburgh Penguins and ties to the Chicago Blackhawks, Chris Kunitz is True. he
1: still at the Blackhawks right now? Correct. Yeah, he, he's. I think he's working as some kind of like. Just Scott part of the or, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the that. same way with uh Brian Campbell, he's still with the team. I, I obviously every team does a pretty good job with their alumni, but um, it, it's it's true with the Blackhawks as well because you have a lot of different alumni being a part of it. You know, Andrew Shaw and Patrick Sharp are going to be a part of the broadcast crew this year. Um, hopefully, Patrick Sharp can. I really liked him with NBC. It stinks that he didn't get to stay there longer because NBC obviously stopped with the games, right, but right. I, I would have liked to see him go to like TNT, but you know what? It's, it just works out better. Cause now we get him with more Blackhawks games, I guess.
0: Yeah. He was really good on national TV though. He was,
1: I, I, I don't think we're done seeing Patrick Sharp on national TV.
0: Oh no. I, I think, I think his, I think everyone knows that his skills are there and yeah, he's ready to be picked up by any network at any time.
1: You know, that's another week, Pat. It's been great talking with you. Um, anything you want to plug real quick going into this new week? We'll be back Sunday with Jeremiah. But yeah, just, uh,
0: just we're back Sunday. Uh, keep watching those Hawks, and, uh, yeah, that's
1: about it for me. It's going to be a fun week ahead. Not only do we have the Blackhawks on Thursday, but we have the Chicago White Sox. I know Pat, a little nervous right oh, now please. for those Sox, but yeah. it's going to be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, you know, I might be not watching the Blackhawks, actually. I might be watching the White Sox and say, oh, actually, we'll do the way
1: you, the MLBs You can pull can. up a couple monitors. Yeah.
0: Yeah, true. But uh, yeah, no, big week for the White Sox. Uh, go, go Sox. We're, on, we're not a, a baseball pod, but I'm, I'm allowed to say go Sox. And if you, I mean, I'm sure most people are going to disagree with me because most Blackhawk fans are Cub fans, but still go Sox.
1: Go Sox. And I'll, I'll take it a step further and I'll say, go Justin Fields. So the Bears, go starting Justin quarterback. Fields, baby,
0: QB one, let's QB1. go.
1: All right. <laughs> I'm Jimmy Lynch alongside Patrick McGann. Thanks for listening.